But at least it's one dog and not two. <laughs> yes. Also and not, not a, a puppy. Not a pit yeah, bull. Yeah. True. All right. I'm recording All right. for Belfast and Odd Man Out. Belfast, your favorite movie of 2021? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah I know you love it. <laughs> God. The the bile that's built up has only gotten worse. Like oh, really? Oh, but interesting. Yeah, we're recording for Belfast this morning. Ah! Oh, <laughs> Jesus. We all have a story to tell. But what makes each one different is not how the story ends, but rather the place where it begins. God. My says if we went across the water, they wouldn't understand the way we talk. If they can't understand you, then they're not listening. You know who you are, don't you? Your buddy from Belfast, where everybody knows you. Hey, buddy! Your mom's calling you the head! We're looking to cleanse the community a wee bit. You wouldn't want to be the old man out in the street. Touch my family and I'll kill you. Belfast. We'll fight this together. This is it. This is what? This is war. We're living in a civil war. What do you want? I want my family with me. I want you. Kids the same age as ours are getting killed. We can give these boys a better chance than we ever had. I mean, go, my son. If, <laughs> if I had if I had heard a description of this movie, the first thing, and if I was going with you, I was like, "Oh, Mike is not going to like this." Like, you know, coming of age, set in Ireland, is like it's focused on a child? Kid. Like, just no, leaping to the Irish heavens with a trash can as a shield and like a little stick sword, and then. Yeah, you know, it's just I don't so. think it's anywhere near as annoying as that picture would have led me to believe. Like that it could have been a lot worse, mm, like with that. Yeah, it's it's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh the mom is hot. Can we can we will that help you out a little bit? <laughs> she's hot. Uh she's totally reckless. She's a horrible mother. Um <laughs> you, you, you know, that that whole saying of like uh you know, I'd be in a foxhole with this person. Well, this mom would throw into me into the, the foxhole. foxhole. She would take me to the front yeah, yeah. lines and then she would throw you lecture. over the the over the top, as they say in World War One. This you is a <laughs> teaching moment as bullets fly past your face, uh, little sir. Um, I um, I didn't like the look of it. I didn't like it. Is just reeks of late nineties Miramax oh, yeah. style Oscar For bait sure. that is sugary sweet. Uh, says nothing. Uh, new, nothing new of any sort of value. You know, if you've seen the trailer, you've basically seen the yeah. movie, and I don't particularly find any of the performances that engaging or charming. Um, 
which I think you kind of have to with this, you know, this just generic coming of age style. Something's got to stand really, out. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got to latch on to, to one of the, the family members here. And uh, Dave, uh, just, I guess, leading with his boner, goes with the hot. <laughs> and I, I was doing mom. that for you. I don't think she's the most engaging. <laughs> oh, I, I was trying to bring you in to some positivity. <laughs> Throwing me the crumbs, right? I guess. Yes. There you go. You Look like this that? pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about the old people. Look at her. Isn't she nice? No. <laughs> no. No, as uh, Ma here. Yeah, Ma is the character's name. Yeah. Ma, Pa, Granny, Pop. <laughs> I, Jesus. so there's two things I really like about this movie. The kid's name is Buddy? Yes, yes Buddy. What the <laughs> fuck, man? What is this? So there's two things I really like. I really like uh, Sierra and Hens and Judy Dench. I like the grandparents. I would hang out with them a lot more than the parents. They seem like, you know, they're like settled into their life. They just like, you know, sitting on their porch and talking shit. I, I like that a lot. Um, sometimes sitting in the outhouse, yeah, why I guess, not? The, the toilet. <laughs> Do they have an, in, they have an inside toilet, right? Yes. I feel like there's a sequencer in the bathroom. Yeah. So why, what is the, uh, what is the out? Sometimes you just want some like, distance, Mike. You just, private yes, moment. Right. yes, exactly. It's a small house. I don't think it's, it's not, it's not particularly like warm in, uh, Northern no, Ireland. Is no, it? it is not. No, it is not. But sometimes, so that's a sometimes choice. you just need that's when you really, space. that is, you really need some privacy uh, yes. if you're going out into the cold. <laughs> Jesus. And, uh, yeah, that's where, where Pop likes to sit. I think uh, – I guess this will be a hot take because, like, a lot of people really like this movie. This is getting, like, Oscar buzz and all this stuff. I feel like Kenneth Branagh, who directed this, I think by the end of the movie, like, he knows that he's made a little bit of nonsense because you have this moment at the end with Jamie Dornan singing, which is – wonderful and maybe the most out of place sequence in this movie like it doesn't it has like no there's no like there's no like subplot of like jamie dornan's character dad really likes to sing like there's no and then all of a sudden at the wedding he's like professional singer he's like, like fucking he's fantastic great at it. it's, it's like, the best thing that yeah. jamie and granted yeah this is damning with faint praise but this is easily the best scene of jamie dornan's career Right? I mean, it's just like, because what else has he done, the, like, Fifty Shades of Grey, where, again, like, you have a movie about sex with people that don't have any chemistry together. Um, but that scene, I was like, oh, I get the Jamie Dornan thing now. And I think, I think Brana knows, as the movie's ending, he's like, I gotta do something. Because it almost, that scene is so good, it almost charmed me enough to like this movie. Like, uh, the last ten minutes of this movie, I'm like, I kind of kind of dig this and then you think about the other re- hour and 50 and you're like eh. let me redirect <laughs> to a much better film that deserved uh oscar attention uh but did not get it because it is not the typical oscar bait bullshit it's not, it didn't come out in the fall mm-hmm. it didn't deal with a small idiot child doing stupid things uh that can put himself or his family in danger uh it's not black and white uh it was bridesmaids mm-hmm. with my rudolph and Kristen wig doubles back i think to a song that is played earlier in the film mm-hmm. um and it's like a comedy sequence where it's like they they sing you out of the right. theater to sort of convince you like a lot of comedy films do the bloopers it's like let's get some more laughs right in the last 30 seconds Agreed. so you'll understand oh yeah i did have a good time with that hold on one second <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here with us tonight is Lillian's favorite band singing her favorite song. Put your hands together for Wilson Phillips. Woo! Hi, everybody. Oh, 
this year. Really? It's the last one. It's the last one. The last one. try with my idiot child in the room um where was i oh yeah bridesmaids um a lot more effective uh than this film uh yet uh, those type of movies don't ever get this consideration i am shocked when you said a lot of people like this i was like ah bullshit this has got to be mm-hmm. like 60s at the highest on rotten tomatoes 88 percent yep do who who is like minding the <laughs> when it comes to film criticism who because you just know like i'm not a genius but i instantly detested this and thought it was junk and so i walk out of the theater and i don't read reviews because i'm like yeah most like you know able-bodied uh like-minded souls that have their wits right. about them are also going to see this for what it is which is like at the most like pleasant grandma material right. But no one's going to rave about this. Like, who dictates, like, oh, yeah, this is the best picture frontrunner. Because this is the King's speech. And yet, it didn't take very long for people to be like, what? I can't believe the social network didn't win. It's the Mike, greatest film of the Mike, decade. this movie wishes it was the King's speech. Like, there is way more. It's interesting because the set. I wish I could get into the weeds <laughs> with you on this because I only watched King's speech once and I had a similar reaction. But uh, since this is a fresher wound. I will concede. Yeah, the point. I like it. Yeah, Good. It, it probably we don't need better. to get in the weeds. Yeah. We've already we've already solved yeah. this. Okay. This is great. Um, <laughs> given the setting of this, this should have. I feel like this should have a lot more darkness to it, and it is so sweet to like no purpose. Um, the only moments of quote unquote darkness there's, and it ends up pissing me off more. You mentioned this scene late in the movie where essentially there's a riot and the kid steals some you know, scrubbing bubbles or whatever. And they walk, they march it back. <laughs> they march it back to leave it in the, the ruined desiccated store. Uh, Cause it's the right thing to do the whole movie. There's this plot line of like, Hey, neighborhood kids, don't involve my son in your bullshit. Like, don't, don't bring him into this. We are trying to protect him. And then in the most hypocritical move possible at the end of the movie, she walks him into the violence. Into active looting taking place. The whole, the active violence, not just like, oh, he stole some chocolates from a store, but like, no, where people are dying in the streets and you're going to like, well, it's time for a lesson, buddy. Like, no, no. What are we, what are we doing? And it just. I wanted the child to die. I wanted something to happen to where, but okay. The crux of this movie is you have Pa. Wants to leave. And I don't know if they're trying to present him as taking the coward's way out or if, if he's opportunistic where he always wanted to leave and he's sort of running under the cover of protection of his family. Like, sure. he's too violent here uh, because he is not someone that, um, at least from the religious angle, uh, he is not uh, on the wrong side uh, right. of these attacks in the neighborhood. But he's also not choosing to throw in. Uh, which, you know, is good because you're throwing in with bigotry and unnecessary right. violence against your neighbors. But he also, I think you get the sense because of his debts, because of job opportunities, he sees this as like a dying landscape. Like that, this is, you know, it's like the, a version of small town movies right. where it's like the, the, the kid that wants to leave it behind because there's nothing for right. him there, but you still have family ties. And Ma 
says, no, 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 because if we go somewhere else, we'll be looked upon as different. And here we have family, and we have neighbors that will look out for our kids. And people like, that will shoot no, us. <laughs> it's the neighbors that like, – what are you talking about? And there's there's also, like, all of the friends of the family for this kid just lead him down the path of putting him in danger further. Like, hey, let's go steal from a local shop, which I'm not saying – I'm not saying there needs to be a sequence where this uh, little blonde Irish boy has his hands chopped off or anything. <laughs> it, it's pretty standard, you know – uh, hijinks uh, as far as misdemeanor crimes from from children but every thing that the mother stands for as far as this community uh, is something that we need to try to protect because it's good um i don't there's no evidence of it other than the um family like as far as the grandparents the immediate family yes right right as far as the relationships with the community this movie's only like it's barely over 90 minutes right. long Thank i God. don't know any of the neighbors really nope. and so i don't know what she speaks of when she says like how can we leave this behind other than the fact that he has a crush on a girl and the girl has a crush on him sweet and that's cute but it does fuck all right. as far as whether or not he's gonna get a rock through well and that's head. i mean that's the perfect description of this movie it's like sweet but to what purpose like it's it, like i i get like kind of the warm fuzzy feeling you get from a movie like this but like i don't know you could get that from a thousand different movies and let's be real mike they have already made the perfect irish coming of age story it's called brooklyn we don't need to keep doing this kenneth uh, brana go do something else figure uh, go do more shakespeare you're really good at that this is just like i've already we watched this what a week and a half, two weeks ago, most of this, other than Jamie Dornan singing at the end, his music video where he gets to be cool and sexy and sing, I don't, I barely remember anything about this movie because like none of it what matters. If, like the hunger they had opened the film. With oh that. man, I'm in. But then maybe it would have been such a disappointment. <laughs> like, be like why is it this a musical? <laughs> Bring back. Why is he leaving town? Bring Jamie Dornan back. We need another musical number. Let's go. I mean, this is the year of the musical. We have In the Heights. We have Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good movie musicals this year, and this would have been better as a musical. I just I just hate that it's even. You can just stop right there. Entertained. I just hate. I just yeah, I, I hate. I just hate all of it. Uh, I, you know, the the review I have that is not a splat, even though it's a two and a half out of four, is from Ty Burr, who didn't he used to write for like one of the magazines. Yeah, that name definitely sounds familiar. Listens. Ty Burr's watch list. So oh. uh, now he's down the mucky muck. Yeah, with the got his own blog now. He's moved on. <laughs> Have to see what his GeoCities layout <laughs> looks like now. Um, his non-splat is Belfast will warm the hearts of a lot of people, including a lot of Academy voters. Mm. Is it the best picture of the year? A, too early to tell. And B, no, but really, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, it, what the fuck, man? Like, it just, it's actually a pretty good description <laughs> These, but these are going to be the same people that ten years. If it does win Best Picture, they're going to be oh, like a, a travesty. Why did they not choose right. A, B, or right. C? Like you're you're on the front lines right now. Don't even put this in. Right. Consideration don't talk about it. Best Picture. Don't talk. Don't, don't just, talk about it. Like what? I hate the the uh, film criticism, which is just treating it as your sports. It's game. just. Like, it's well, just. This one win the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's just. Who it's just prognostication. It's not criticism anymore, and that it's what drives me crazy. About the kind of Oscar world, especially on, I mean, talk instead talk about movies like Tatane, like that. That's a fucking that's a fucking movie. That's a crazy movie. There's a lot going on there. That's taking risks. This is just like like you said. If you t if I watch this and you told me actually they just found this movie. It was made in 1995 and Harvey Weinstein <laughs> produced it. I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. 
that makes sense. Um, and so it doesn't really do anything new or special other than the very end of the movie. So it just kind of leaves you wanting. And there are many other, Mike, there are many other better movies. There are many other better movies set in Ireland and some set in Belfast that are better than Belfast. Did I? You stand up. <sighs> so the last thing I heard before uh, <coughs> I saw him eating a sock, which in fairness, <laughs> in fairness to him, I had not fed him breakfast because oh, well. he ran right towards food bowl. Um, was there better films? Set in yeah, and that is what I brought I think, to you. I think you have, Mike. One. That's what I, yes. I mean. Really, you. You brought it to me, but no, well, let's, let's, okay. So we brought this to each other because yes, we were struggling to come up with a movie, um, to save us from the treacly sweet nonsense of Kenneth Branagh. It was almost Um, Brooklyn. It was almost, Almost it was almost, but that's not on any list because like, God forbid we'd have a a movie with a female lead that was made before, made after 1970 on any one of these lists. So can't have that. Uh, you know what is on a list? Belfast for best ah, picture. Disgusting. Already, already. I don't like it. Number one. So the movie we're watching, we watched is Odd Man Out, which Mike recommended because he was like, it's set in Belfast. It's a good movie. Um, and then <laughs> we figured out Mike was very, very confused as to why he had a physical copy of this because he did not remember <laughs> buying it. And I am going to put him on blast here and tell him that he did not buy it, that I gave it to him <laughs> as a gift. I mean, only because I accidentally bought doubles uh that's the only time i've ever done that but i said mike you want that movie he said hell his exact words were hell yeah i want that uh and then and then immediately forgot this so he texted me like why do i have a copy of this i'm like oh you motherfucker i well i love uh how neither one of us is displaying much passion for this film that we're going to choose is like the rightful uh you know best belfast movie of all time that apparently both of us, you forgot that you had a copy. Uh, I forgot you gave me a copy. Now, uh, the insulting part, which I mentioned in our previous episode on Eternals and the Hunger, right. which you should very much go back and download on multiple platforms, is that <laughs> I have uh, right here in front of my TV, in front of my uh, PlayStation. I still have yeah, Mike, yeah, copy. that looks 50% off sticker on it. That looks, uh, what happened there, Mike? Yeah, it looks like it's, did you watch it? Came right off of Barnes and Noble. Did you shelf. watch it on the Criterion Channel uh, streaming service instead? No, because I let my uh, subscription lapse six months ago. Uh, there is a, an adequate copy on YouTube. Oh, Mike. Uh, free. <laughs> Where the disrespect. The Google algorithm uh, auto-generated captions, which oh, gets no. most of the Irish, <laughs> most gets, gets most of that uh, Irish tongue wrong. Yeah, I bet. Uh, and the words were wrong. Do you mean to say the three of you come back here without Johnny? I'm Penlumbus. Without your chief? Ah, don't you be giving out of you. I'm not for you. I'm not against you. But I can't afford to get mixed up in this. Hey, you! Well, maybe you don't believe me, but I'm telling you there's lots of people that pay me a grand price for Johnny. There's a reward out for that fella. But it's Johnny. Yes, it's him, all right. What do you want me to do with him? Get rid of him. Tip him out somewhere in the dark, away from here. If you are real, stretch out your hand to mine. 
And it's unfortunate because that's usually the times when I need right, it. Right. So it means that myself and an AI, as it stands now in 2021, we're basically the yep. same. We're both like, like we, we can't. I got nothing understand. there. <laughs> in fairness to myself, um, I did not get to it. Uh, you know, Sundays are hard for, for mm-hmm. me, Dave. Um, and I realized that I, I think I'm still one short of my podcast commitments. I still have like half of uh, Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet to watch for. Yeah, you know how that ends. Great year. It's fine. 1996. Um, also, I think I've seen that one more than a few sure. times. So, yeah. Uh, Leo's great. Very skinny. Uh, yes. Mercutio looks great in silver. Uh, that I do remember that. Um this one, uh, I did not have that much experience with, mm-hmm. but I knew pretty damn skippy that my wife would not want mm, to watch no. yet another dour yeah. uh, Irish yeah. story of uh, made for the boring channel. Guilt. <laughs> um, what is the one we did uh, for John Ford month on a podcast directed by? Oh, Remind me a lot the, of that. Uh, the Informer. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of very uh, similar. Walking about yeah. mm-hmm. in a, a dark rainy night. Uh, waiting for your impending doom right. uh, after you've uh, you know betrayed your friends or been betrayed by yep. them. But I had seen this before. I think this is one of the first. It might actually have been the very first thing I ever streamed on Netflix mm. uh, back when you got the streaming uh, plan as a gift for being a oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. subscriber. Uh-huh. Uh, there was no streaming plan. And I, it was like, oh, cool. They put movies on here. There was also a lot of Doctor Who episodes mm. at the time. Mm. I'm like, I don't yeah. need that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I was like, oh, this looks interesting. Odd Men Out. And uh, I remember watching it on my computer, just sitting like an uncomfortable <laughs> office chair, thinking, this is the future. Um, <laughs> little did I know. You Sadly, know, you were right. Years, yes. <laughs> yeah. 15 years later, of course, I did go see <clears throat> Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife, trying to support uh, the theatrical uh, exhibition economy. Did not watch King Richard, HBO Max, for me, even though Dave invited me to watch <laughs> King Richard. You know, years. it's funny, just to interrupt you for a second, um, because early in the day, Tessa, my girlfriend, was like, hey, you want to go see King Richard? I want to use this. Because she's, she's really taken to the movie subscription. She's like, I want to get my money's worth. Let's go. And I'm like, oh, great. I can respect great. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's like, should we invite Mike and Britt? And I was like, sure. Thinking she would like just text you because she's got your number. End up she didn't. So we're sitting at dinner. And, and she's like, oh, I thought you were going to do it. So I, I text. I'm <laughs> going to text. And as I'm sending, I'm like, I just want to tell you, there's no way he says yes to this. Because it's on HBO Max. <laughs> and the response I get five seconds later from Mike was, HBO Max, Dave. Like, how dare you? I was like, and I showed it to her. I was like, see? Do I know my friends? I know my friends. <laughs> it is interesting because uh, as far as both of us being Regal Unlimited subscribers, it's not like there's a huge outlay uh, for me to uh, – to, to then go to the movies because I've already paid right. for it. I've already paid right. for the privilege. I'm just swiping my account <laughs> saying, yes, I can be here. Uh, and yet there is there is a disconnect I have where if there's something on HBO Max, uh, that will be tested when it comes to The Matrix. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited yeah. to see it. And you and I saw the – we went to see James Bond on the biggest screen in the whole state of Kentucky. And uh, I saw the preview for the first yeah. time. I avoided the internet and saw That's it pretty good. there. And I'm like, ooh, I'd like to see it. But it's coming out Christmas week, and yeah. I'm like, where am I going to be? I think it comes be? out like the That's 24th. Like, like, I think it comes out Christmas Eve. Like, it's, <sighs> See, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be know, rough. Maybe I can avoid my family. <laughs> I don't know. Year, year two of COVID, maybe I yeah. can still. Uh, we're very nervous. Please don't come to my house. <laughs> but, so, getting back to Odd Man Out, uh, last night, uh, as I said, Sundays are hard. I think we watched, what, 
God, it's like fucking TV day. You know how that pains mm-hmm. me, Dave, because I could be watching yep. movies. Uh, but my wife loves, uh, you know, our little Sunday night television. We watch, what, Dexter? Mm. The new oh, that's right. The new season, season is out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? Yellowstone and Succession, mm. which you, I, hopefully you're caught no, up with. No, I'm, I'm on, oh. uh, I'm about to start the last episode of season one. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, but right. I'm really enjoying it so far. Like, I, I it's one of those, like, I definitely could be caught up with, but I'm definitely like taking my time with it because I kind of there's only like what three seasons, um, and I just like kind of want to savor this because it's enjoyable okay. and I get to look at look at Shiv, so you know it's all it's all going well for me. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not Game of Thrones, right. so there's not going to be a random. This isn't a spoiler. Say like oh you know Shiv dies. Yeah, right, and, like, right, right. The middle right. of season yes. two. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you'll get you get more of that to look forward to. Uh, but that is a long roundabout way of saying that I'm going to do a disservice to this uh, Carol Reed film, uh, this classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I watched it was on a computer <laughs> when I felt like it was a privilege to do right. so. Like, this is the only way I can see this. You give me a copy, <laughs> a nice copy. Then you give me the out of like, well, maybe you at least streamed it on the Criterion <laughs> channel. Nope. YouTube, baby. YouTube. <laughs> Why? Because I did not want to wake up uh, my wife. Like, oh, she wow. actually has to work that's, on that's Mondays. I, I meanwhile, just do the hard labor of uh, podcasting because I now have Mondays off. Right. So I pulled out my phone and I'm like, do I want to resubscribe <laughs> to the Criterion <laughs> channel <laughs> or is it on YouTube? And it's on YouTube. Yeah. And so that's how I watched it again. And it was uh, – it wasn't bad, mm. Dave. I don't know. It's, I'm in the dark. I've got the screen yeah. wrap on my face. It's like you know, I'm trying not to wake someone up. I've got that sort of – element of like paranoia and it's like late at night totally because the copy's yeah. kind of muddled i'm kind of looking like at the it's world actually, like James Mason it's actually is. not a bad it's actually not a bad way to watch that actually um and i can't i vibe. can't exactly complain because i have had this movie for probably two years and this is the first time i've watched it so i can't really really get on you for not opening yeah. your copy um Oh, it's 15 years That's ahead right. of That's right. 1947. Yes. Uh, and not to bring up um, a troublesome creator who we've featured on this podcast before, um, but this is also the uh, the favorite movie um, of the director of Repulsion. Um, he has repeatedly mm. been interviewed saying this is the greatest movie of all time. Uh, and he's just, I yeah, I mean, he's definitely got that kind of stylistic choices in his repertoire. Like he, he really likes Carol Reed a lot. Um, I, I still prefer the third man, um, which is also directed by Carol Reed, but this is really good. And I think it does, you know, I've never seen that. It's pretty fantastic. And I, God, I think, I think, yeah, I do have a criterion copy mm-hmm. of that. It's a good one. Um, I think for, I think for a time it was worth a little bit of money. Cause it was, it was out of print. They lost the yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. This, which means I'll sell it today. There you go. Never watched it. Yes. (laughs) Um, But this, this is one of those movies that does a lot with a little Um, like, you know, there are action scenes, but they never show them. Right. Even the very end of the movie, which is, I guess they had to like re-edit it because it was too violent uh, for the time. Like they didn't, they didn't really want that, but Hmm. Um, and of course, you know, I'm going to, l- I don't feel, I don't feel the loss. No, of no. I actually kind of prefer, prefer this, this distance from it. And of course, Mike, you knew I would watch this. Cause what, what is the main relationship about Mike? God. Logging, logging. She's in love with him. She's never told him. She, you know, she goes to him and that, that sequence of like where he asks, like, is it far? And she, I love the fact that she tells him, yes, it is, but I'm, I'm here with you. 
you know, right before he dies. So he has a moment of joy, even in all this pain. I mean, that that relationship really works. And it's impressive because I think they have, what, two scenes together? Like, they, they have, you know, the introductory mm, scene and then yeah. the death scene. And yet... That probably spends more forward. time being painted. Yes, uh, by a, a strange. <laughs> That's an odd scene. That is such Very an odd, odd scene. I, I think I'd forgotten about it because uh, I I had the distinct uh, imagery of him going to. Uh, it's like this, like bunker. Yeah, it's uh, a it's a it's an air raid shelter. Yeah, yep. Uh, what what is with the the sort of like iconography of like uh, Ireland? Because even I've, I have been there before, and mm-hmm. I. Uh, the the bars where you have the little privacy sort of latch, mm-hmm. the little door, so you're in your own little booth, but no one like the waiter comes and they open the door. It made me incredibly uncomfortable mm. uh, when I was there because it's it's like <laughs> it's like there's an assumption of like if you need privacy, you're up to no good, and it's like I'm just eating, <laughs> yeah, like, just I'm having like, a drink <laughs> and having some fish and chips. However, so. <laughs> in this film, they actually are hiding and they like they like latch the the little gate on on the in the bar mm-hmm. sequence, like so no one like it's basically saying this booth is uh is closed right. uh, for renovation, right. uh, where we hide our our criminals, our murderers. Um, as far as uh, nits to pick here uh i would say the only thing i i didn't like initially and i probably felt this way when i first watched it like oh it's an old movie that's kind of goofy is the actual killing which i guess you know makes him totally a marked man as opposed to uh the sort of uh belfast uh, candy shop raids that he's on <laughs> when he just robs money right. as um as he's exiting uh the the heist uh, you have, uh, you know, he he starts to kind of lose it. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, and they, they've kind of set up that his character maybe is uh, past his prime in that regard. He's not ready to to go back. It's almost like uh, it's meant to be read like he is uh, so sickened by the continued violence right. that while he can plot these things, he can't actually execute them. Right? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting choice because they don't they don't bother to explain it. Right, i i i kind of went I kind of went back and watched the first fifteen minutes again. I'm like, did I miss where they explain like what's actually going on with his head? Like, because there's all these sequences where he's like losing his balance and things are getting lightheaded and twisting. It's another thing I really like about the movie is that um, Carol Reed behind the camera does a really good job of showing that just through different camera angles and the way the camera moves, and it's all very. It feels very organic as opposed to, like, camera tricks. It's literally – I mean, it literally just feels like he's behind the camera just kind of tilting it back and forth to show that he's not in balance with the rest – with who he was before. Like, he is a different man now, but he's still trying to fulfill that – uh, that role that he had before because he feels like he has to. And I think it's a a really good way to do that. But I do kind of wish they had delved a little bit into, like, what's actually going on with him – why is he sick? Why is he unsteady on his feet? Because basically they just say, like, because he's been isolated for so long. He's been in hiding after this thing. And now now he's just worthless. And you're just like, wait, but there's got to be something more there. And they they never really bother to explain that. But it does it does at least offer a reason why the beginning of this movie happens. Him falling off of the car and all, all that good stuff. Like, there's, a, there's a, enough of a reason for it that I'm okay with it. But I do wish they had delved a little bit more. Yeah, I'm going to go with the pacifism yeah. bent. Just because I, I I like it and because you also have... I mean, this is... It's a it's a tough film because it's a character that, for the most part, is going to be totally inactive. Right. He's going to be passive and wounded throughout yeah, the whole thing. he's going to be thing. lying on the and ground. So he's going to be... Sh- <laughs> 
shuffled from one person that's going to betray him to the next, right. uh, other than the fucking Dave Long yeah. Love yes. that comes in to swoop in. What's her and, name, Maureen? Uh, yeah, of, of course, course it's Maureen. <laughs> and, you know, she's the first one to pull out a gun yeah. and get them shot to yeah. death. <laughs> what a way to go out. Dave, thankfully... <laughs> Thankfully, your your love life has improved, but you know I used to give you hell about your uh, previous poor decision making, and I'm like, yeah, I, I watch these movies, I see how you get. These and now it's just fantasy, so it's nice. This yes, is... yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, did you have any one particular sequence that stood out to you as far as the cast of characters that like kind of come into contact with him during this this version of? Uh, uh, it's like, you know, we, we did the uh, the Scorsese film mm-hmm. where the the man is lost in New York, yes. and it's. You know, hijinks ensue there, and I guess in some way they do here. Some of it, like the painter, maybe is so over the top it's comical. Yeah. But it is all about taking basically a man who has no future and just wringing out anything they can get from him, whether it's financial right. or, you know, I guess artistic that leads to financial. If you can paint this, like, dying man, this, I, you know, it's it's sick. These are, Most of these characters are pretty yeah. sick individuals. Yeah. Um, Except for, I guess, the, the priest. I don't know. But even the priest is still saying we're going to turn you in or try to talk you into doing the right thing. Right. Being in prison for the rest of your I life. I think my favorite bit with these kind of cast of characters is actually like a kinder, gentler one where they're like kind of two old ladies like think he, you know, got hit by a car or something and they bring him in to try and take care of him. And, of course, it all goes to shit when some man shows up and says like, no, he's on the wrong side of the fence. Get it, throw him out of my house. Throw this nearly unconscious man out the door. And it, it gives it gives our lead character a chance to be honorable. Like he hears this, doesn't get mad, doesn't cry about it, just kind of gets up and starts walking out and going like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to make things worse for you. So I'm going to leave. So I like that bit. And I like, I also like just visually the moment where they see the blood trailing down his arm and they realize this is a little bit more serious than they thought. Like, this isn't just like some, some drunk who like, you know, fell down in the street. This is someone who's in some serious trouble. Um, the only the only issue I really have with the movie is it does feel like the build to him being like unable to walk doesn't make uh, a lot of sense in the movie. Like, because like you know he does get shot. Like he kind of probably should be incapacitated from the very beginning. But they're like <laughs> tough love from Dave. Walk it off. <laughs> it's just, just your shoulder. Why can't you walk? <laughs> I'm sure he's going through sepsis or something at this point. By that point in the movie. <laughs> He's having a rough go. Of it, <laughs> yes. So, you know, we'll, we'll leniency there. But it's uh, it reminded me of, uh, to some degree, like James Conn and Misery, mm-hmm. where it's um, uh, a good-looking guy that um, you do see is, I guess, is presented as doing something that, especially in movie terms, is hyper-masculine. Mm-hmm. He's pointing a gun at people's faces and he's taking from them. And then there's the adrenaline of the getaway. Right. Uh, but he doesn't seem, even there, to be totally uh an active participant in it. Right. like physically he's there but he's not committed to it in a way um which i could see him being a frustrating character to to some like maybe people were going to be more lenient than you on his uh physical <laughs> distress but yeah as we've talked about he's set up as someone that uh mentally he's sort of already checked out at that point i, I think he's just like he just reached me as tired he's tired before the events of it that caused him to be physically uh, tired from his wounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just tired of these, this sort of life that he's, you know, he's too far gone. He's too far into it as far as like who he is uh, and who he's known to be. 
um, as the the leader of, of the IRA here, mm-hmm. um, which you know I'm. It probably wasn't until what the late '80s, early '90s that that became something, and at least for American right. audiences, that was like a popular. I don't want to say storytelling device, but really, but a, yeah, uh, a place in time, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you have to kind of applaud the fact that in the uh, '40s um, that you know this is basically it's a criminal that right. we're asked to have sympathy for the entire time. Um, I do think it's important that in the the murder that takes place that it is clumsy right. and it doesn't seem to be because it's not a cold blooded killing. Yeah, no. Yeah. And he spends most of the time asking. Um, you know, basically, did I do right. that? Like, did he like, die? Like, pace. yeah, yeah. Um, and he was already sort of an unhappy man with who he was, and now, um, you know, I think I think he's he's disgusted by himself right. and probably disgusted by the people that he's surrounded himself with, except for Lady Love, who just you know won't won't commit until it's too fucking <laughs> Dave loves perfect, it. perfect. <laughs> so, did you look at Rotten Tomatoes? Did you see uh, what percentage this has on Rotten Tomatoes? A hundred percent. Thirty reviews. Yes. Uh, how does that go when when they're talking about stuff like a fucking uh, this Pixar cartoon is like the highest rated film of all time on Rotten Tomatoes? Where do they get that? When like I mean, does it have to be have so many reviews to count? I'm guessing it has to has a minimum of something because this this only has thirty, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and you know, if you look, all those reviews are from like 2000 and on. Like, there's no like, and this is this is what's missing for me for Rotten Tomatoes. I wish they had more like you know, of the time reviews. Cause I'm sure there were some people that didn't like this. I mean, you could tell oh. the movie is like hedging its bets a little bit, like from the very beginning, that, that introductory like title sequence where it basically says like, we're not taking sides in this one. We're just leave us alone, please. <laughs> like it's very protective of that because it knows it's like, it's difficult territory. Yeah. I think we did that for a uh, repulsion. Yeah. Right? I was able to pull up two modern reviews. It's like, eh, <laughs> A little heavy-handed and you know over the top. Um, yeah, I agree. There's not enough here. Like when you're when you're going to the dissolve, I'm like, oh, what did the dissolve think? Uh, which is the dissolve still even around? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, it? I don't think so. Uh, so yeah, this one's from 2015 from Keith Phipps. Uh, what begins as an exercise in realism that includes an exceedingly quiet <laughs> civil robbery sequence. I it love is very civil. Line. Yes. Um, uh, it becomes increasingly expressionistic as it goes along. And, uh, yeah, I would say there's, you know, that's that's what I was talking about earlier on where uh, it seems convenient for the plot mm-hmm. that it gets into a bit of expressionism uh, just so he can not just get in the fucking car. Uh, but uh, I didn't mind it. I may at both times have uh, thought like, eh, it's a little cheap. Uh, but since it's the vibe of the rest of the right. film, uh, I found it just, oh, this is actually just like – uh, informing me of who this guy was. Right. Like he's not just, it's not just the action of the robbery itself. He was already uh, going this direction and mm-hmm. probably didn't even need the physical injury to, to have this sort of night of, uh, it's kind of just wandering around in his own. Yeah. Time, I mean, I, I would like argue that. that his moral injury is affecting him a lot more than the physical one is like the mm-hmm. fact that he killed this man. Like, and now he can never, he can never go back. And, and I'm glad you brought up the informer. Cause it's definitely a movie I thought of while I was watching this as well. Um, and I think this is a better version of that. 
Um, and I think a lot of it is just because of the time that it passed. Like we talked about on that episode of a podcast directed by that it, you could tell it's just after silent film had kind of stopped and the talkies had begun because it still had that style of action and that style of acting, like very expressionistic, very big, very bold. And this, I think, I mean, I think this is a great, great, great performance by James Mason. Like, I, I think it's fantastic. Um, like the fact that most of his most of his performance is talking to people who aren't there talking to hallucinations and yet you understand what he's going through that moment where he's hallucinating the priest near the end of the film where it's it's really a crisis of conscience where he says like yeah we always did talk over you didn't we like we never really listened and that's how we got to where we are now it's a it's a pretty like it's a pretty rough emotional moment that is all him like you see the priest but you can't hear the priest so it's all in James Mason's face and eyes and the way he's taking in that information and it's it's a really impressive performance do you want to hear what Letterboxd says? Oh, say? boy. Sure, I do. I can't wait to hear a one-star review. Uh, well, I was actually hoping to see more of that, uh, but uh, I guess if you're even taking the time to watch 1947's <laughs> Odd Men Out, uh, no one's going to go too hard on it. Uh, there is a two-and-a-half-star review, but uh, anything that is looks like a paragraph and there's a hyperlink that says click nope. on more. Nope, um, not nope, doing that. Not for me. <laughs> So I'll go with the one above it from November 18th, uh, 2021, a recent review from an account uh, named Joe. <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> and uh, no star rating. Apparently doesn't believe in it, at least not for this. Maybe he's still sitting on it. Uh, I think I saw this in college. It's neat. You really can't help. You really can't <laughs> it's help. It's so dismissive. It's neat. <laughs> okay, Marge Simpson. No, no, it gets worse. It gets worse slash better because uh, I'm highlighting this review. So this is, you know, he's getting a follow from me. It's neat. You really can't help but think to yourself, damn, it would really suck to get shot in the review. <laughs> I mean, Joe is not wrong. It does It does have that feeling to it, for sure. Uh, I don't know anything about Joe. Uh, he only has three out of four favorite films. <laughs> one is just a blank space. Uh, they Live, Cemetery Man, and The Wicker Man. Okay. Uh, he really could have gone for anything. Like the old, the old Wicker Man? For. Like the 70s one? I oh, okay, good, so based good. on the poster, okay. yes. Um, but that is the JoeMoore.com is his hyperlink. All right. So I don't know. You know, Hopefully this is not, you know, I don't know his politics. Uh, I didn't vet him. Uh, I do know one of his most popular reviews has four likes for Meatballs, uh, where she gave a half star uh, back in March 13th, 2015, and his review simply says this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I love an efficient review. Like tells you everything you need to know. Well so, done, Joe. Give him a follow. See what he's like. Uh, check out his website. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look alt rightish right now. I think I'm good. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm uh, if I'm if I'm editing this episode and it is. I'll just have to delete this and re-record an entirely different letterbox shout out. But you know, last time we did that, we uh, we we got someone who checked out the podcast and enjoyed. Um, you know, us maybe having a little bit of amusement <laughs> at, uh, you know, letterbox reviews that amuse us. Right. And so it's, we're all laughing That's together right. here. Absolutely. How about that? It's a, it's a good time. Uh, just as uh, Carol Reed. <laughs> yes. Yes. A good time out at the movies with Odd Man Out. Yes. It's exactly what he was hoping for. No thinking, just a good time. Tony Scott's Odd Man Out. That's, that's what we're looking for. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Oh, shit. Until